It's great to see each of you here uh, who made the trek through uh, polar vortexes and uh, all of the wonderful weather we have outside. I am excited to start a series on prayer. And part of that comes from growing up where people say, hey, you should pray, but nobody ever really spending a whole lot of time trying to actually teach you how to pray. And maybe you only have prayed in one exact kind of way, uh, and at some point that gets stale, and at some point you don't feel life from that type of prayer, and you don't know what to do, and you just, your spiritual life seems to dry up. And so I thought uh, spending some weeks on prayer would be something that not only might be new and fresh for some of us, um, but would be life-giving and sustaining for us as a community. Um, because we are so much better uh, for when we are in prayer. Like, we just go about our daily life in such a new and a revitalized way. And so, we're going to talk about prayer. Uh, one of the things that I'm excited about was I didn't want to just talk about prayer. I wanted us to spend some time practicing prayer. So, after the sermon, we're going to sing a song, but we're also going to have a time of just kind of practicing a different type of prayer each week. So, I'm going to get, guide us through some different types of prayers throughout the series. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and you might ask why I, I named the series Prayer 2.0. Uh, and I was thinking about updates. And I don't know about you, about your phones or your computers or whatever you get updates on. There's a few ways in which we get updates. Sometimes they release updates and they say that your hardware can't handle the update. So you have to buy a new phone or a new computer if you want to get this update. And thankfully, prayer is not that. Uh, we have all that we need to handle a deeper prayer life. Uh, so you don't have to throw your uh, prayer desires onto someone else. Uh, you can take part yourself. Um, there's also that really annoying type of update, which maybe we might want in this situation, but if you've seen the little, you must restart this device, a little countdown on your computer screen, You've got five minutes, and then it's updating, no matter what you want to do. Uh, that forced kind of update. And for better or worse, that's not the kind of updates that God gives us. Uh, maybe we might want that in this situation of, God, just make my prayer life better. Um, but we actually have the other kind of updates, which is optional. You get to choose whether you want to update or not. Uh, and so we are all invited to a choice about how we want to um, move forward. And I thought it would be especially meaningful for us to start out our series on prayer by reading from Psalm 1, because the psalm, uh, and maybe it might be helpful just to say what a psalm is, uh, it's not only a really good, you know, if you want to add this to your list of Scrabble words, if you're looking to figure out how to put a P and an S next to each other, psalm is a good word, um, but it's just a fancy word for a sacred poem or hymn. So it's some sort of poetic text that leads us or guides us towards God. And so the Book of Psalms is a collection of these poetic, hymnic types of texts um, that has been incredibly influential in the spiritual lives of people for over 2,000 years. So if you want a spot to start thinking about your prayer life, Psalms has been the traditional um, place to start. And within the Psalms, Psalm 1 has a special place of honor. Now, if you can think about 
you don't, the psalms don't have to be in, in any specific order, right? I mean, you kind of can pray or sing them in different orders. Uh, and so Psalm 1 has that seed of honor of opening up the whole book of psalms. So it is an invitation into that musical and poetic and prayerful journey. And so uh, it's going to invite us to a decision. It's going to invite us to choose one of two paths. And that's a common motif in the Hebrew Bible. So if you read through the Old Testament, um, there's a lot of this trajectory in which you've got two paths in front of you. Which one are you going to take? And so uh, on that prayer journey, we can all choose our path today. Psalm 1-1 said, Happy are those, and some translations might say blessed, fortunate, are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. I love that on this kind of two paths in front of you, the psalm begins by saying what the righteous path is not. So it's contrasting it with something else. Now, um, I want to mention that our Bible translation has a little quirk to it that might conceal something, but I want to explain why it does it. Uh, the literal rendering of this verse would say, um, happy is the man who. Well, it doesn't want to be so gender specific because it's just as appropriate for happy is the woman who. Um, so they made the decision to just make it plural. So it's doesn't have a specific gender. So it says, uh, happy are those. But there's a little bit of something that we lose in this instance because it's talking about happy is the one who does something, who doesn't do some things. And it's contrasting that with the groups of people who do all these other things. So it's setting you up as the one versus the many. That the many are the groups of the wicked, the sinners, the scoffers. So it's setting you up to say, it's not the common path to go on this righteous path. There are a lot of other people out there on a different path. But blessed is the one who does not follow the advice of the wicked, who does not take the path that sinners take, who does not seat, sit in the seat of scoffers. And so um, there's also something else really poetic and, and, and beautiful in this it, it, it's very realistic about if you take that other path, how easy it is to get accustomed to it and that that other wicked path is a path that becomes a habit. Listen to the movement words. Who do not follow the advice of the wicked, so you're following somebody else. Who don't take the path, so you've followed someone, now you're taking the path. Next thing you know, you're sitting in it. You're sitting on this throne, like, how did I get here? Um, so many people take that path and find themselves sitting in something that they don't understand how they got there. But blessed or happy are those who take a different path. Psalm 1-2. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. Now, that, uh, the language in that translation, on the law, they meditate on the law, they delight in the law, that language doesn't fit as well in our culture. Whenever we say law, we think legalism, we think things you have to do. Um, but that word is the Hebrew word Torah, which if you know, uh, that's a, a Jewish word that is often used for their Bible, the Torah. Uh, and it's a word that can mean instruction, teaching. So it's a way of, of teaching you how to live. 
So yes, there's a legal aspect, um, but maybe it might help you to think about God's instruction and teaching and not just God's law. Um, maybe there are some lawyers who might delight in the law and just love spending all day and night parsing out the law. Um, but think about it as whatever you've been really interested in life, like about learning about, whatever that hobby is, whatever that profession is, whatever you've desired to learn about, where you can't get enough of it. You delight in it, you spend all day and night in it. Um, that instruction. And why can't we make that instruction be God's instruction? Now, when it, when it talks about meditating day and night, I think we often think about meditating as sitting in silence and just thinking about stuff. And so it's not really practical when we think about our lives to just sit somewhere by yourself thinking. You got work to do, you got chores to do, you got stuff. Um, so it might be helpful to know what they mean in that original context by meditating day and night. So, I think we've talked about this before, but people in the ancient world didn't read silently. Um, they, they read aloud, and there's stories of people who came upon someone who did read silently, and they like, were startled and confused, like, what is this person doing? Um, you always read out loud. You, you kind of murmured things. You, you kind of voiced them. And the same would be true with prayer, that you often prayed out loud. You weren't praying silently. And so, um, it might help you make sense of whenever later in the Gospels Jesus says, when you pray, go pray in your room. And he's trying to talk about stop making it all about yourself. Well, he could just say, pray silently. Like, then no one knows you're praying. Um, but they just, they're used to praying out loud, so he's like, go, go somewhere else, go by yourself um, in that situation. Um, but this word for meditating is also used in the Hebrew Bible to talk about pigeons cooing, the growling of a lion, and the voices of humans. And so when it's talking about meditating day and night, it's talking about speaking out Scripture throughout the day. That you can't help it, you just keep saying God's teachings. So you walk about your daily life, and you're speaking God's teaching into that situation. And that's calling you to live and act in different ways. You're, you're living out that instruction, not just kind of sitting thinking about it by yourself someplace. And so how much easier is it then to live out God's teaching when you can't help but talk about it throughout the day? Imagine, um, let's say patience is our problem. I think patience is probably most of our problem. Um, and you're, you're not patient about whatever it is, your food order, um, your, how long it takes your spouse or your kids to get ready, how long um, you know, it takes for someone to call you. You're waiting on a loved one to call you, a family member. They don't call. You're getting antsy. What if you went about your day reciting Scripture? Ephesians 4.2 Be always humble, gentle, and patient. Show your love by being tolerant with one another. What if while you were waiting in line, you said Proverbs 15.18 Hot tempers cause arguments, but patience brings peace. Romans 12.12 Let your hope keep you joyful. Be patient in your troubles and pray at all times. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or conceited or proud. What happens when you take this path where you can't help 
but voice God's teaching in your life. That when you face troubles, God's teaching is on your lips. What happens? The psalmist goes on. Those who do so are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither, and all that they do they prosper. I love that Psalm, uh, the book of Psalms in Psalm 1 begins with an image. Like in all the ways you could kind of invite someone into a, a spiritual life of prayer and of worship, the dominant thing here is this image. To be a tree planted by streams of water. I, I want to make a comparison which I hope that you will allow um, to hit you strangely at first as it's intended, but then to kind of recognize what its value is. Uh, there's a really, really famous, um, still living Old Testament theologian named Walter Brueggemann. And he was uh, incredibly influential in interpreting uh, the prophets and in thinking about how the prophets have this imagination for casting a vision or an image that, that startles people, that shakes them out of their slumber and gives them a new vision. And so kind of in that vein, uh, he suggested that Scripture could be compared to a pile of manure. Again, it's meant to startle you. And you're like, but, all right, what are you trying to say? And he's saying, well, there's a lot of, what shall we say, waste. Um, there's really ugly violence. There's some early understandings that they develop and they move past. There's some ugly moments. I'll save us from kind of trying to go through a list of some of those ugly moments. But he's saying, there, there's this ugly stuff, yet everywhere where Scripture lands and people are cultivated there, somehow miraculously life comes out of it. And that's what makes it Scripture, is somehow life comes out of this. And so the psalm image is, if you just put yourself into the roots near God's teaching and God's instruction, somehow life will start springing out of that. And so suddenly the leaves start coming out and the fruits start coming out. And in the image it says, their leaves do not wither and all that they do, they prosper. And so uh, we can plant ourselves in the advice of the common uh, maybe some of the common wisdom, some of the, the multitudes of sinners in this text's language, the fickleness of that advice, or we could plant it in the life-giving instruction of God. And so, uh, I don't know, you're, in each of our own stories, we have different ways of seeing how God's Word has kind of took hold of us. Probably for most of us, it started at a very, very young age as kids, in which... Um, the roots started there and you grew up as a, as, a, as a new tree somehow shaped maybe slightly differently over the years um, but some people didn't start out as kids and I love that the language of the text is, is that the trees are planted by the streams but it doesn't say when they're planted it could be a transplanted tree that you've, you've lived your life you've grown up somewhere else but when you choose to be planted next to God's instruction you can still take root. You can still um, bear fruit. 
And so um, I wanted to share a specific type of prayer that I think fits in this psalm's teaching. Um, and it's a prayer that's been important for Christians for, for very many centuries, going back to at least the 6th century. Um, and a lot of prayer types really grew around kind of monastic, like monk-type communities where they're trying to devote themselves to prayer. And so they're practicing it, they're trying to find new ways to pray. Um, and there's a fancy name for this kind of prayer, Lexio Divina, uh, which just means sacred reading. So it's a Latin way of saying sacred reading, or divine reading, depending on how you want to translate it. Um, but it's an ancient practice of praying with Scripture. And I think that's something that we're probably more comfortable with, the idea of using Scripture to take us into our prayer life. But there's some specific ways in which it tries to guide us. I know it's true for me. I'm sure it could be true for others in the room, um, especially as I was studying a lot of scripture in, in college and seminary and things like that, you start reading the text with that kind of critical eye, looking for um, information, looking for it as a textbook, as uh, a history book, things like that. And sometimes you find yourself not reading it in the same kind of prayerful way, looking for uh, what it might be saying to you. And so this, this kind of prayer is very participatory and is inviting you into that contemplation with God and praying with with God. So I'm going to say it has four parts. The first is asking what word or phrase in the text is speaking to you. I kind of like, some people have talked about this as what's glimmer, like what's shimmering. Like what's that thing that you can't help but you like, your attention is just gazing at it. So listen through the whole text. Look for whatever is shimmering. What is the text saying? So when you get that phrase or that word or whatever it is, maybe it's an image, the next question is, what does that word or phrase evoke in me? What memories do I have that I associate with that? You know, what, what experiences have I had that connect to this topic? So that's about exploring what your own experience has been with that thing. And just being open to listening to what that might be. And then the third thing, once you've let that kind of shimmer with you and, and you've, you've picked out that phrase and you've thought about how that has, has been real or has been hard for you in your life, you then start talking to God about it. So what do you have to say to God about that? And so you just start talking to God about, you know, I know it says this, but I'm having a hard time with that. And you just talk to God about whatever you're feeling, whatever you think God might be saying to you in that text. And lastly, which should not be overlooked, how is that text inviting you to live or to act as a result? So why might that text be on your mind? How might you apply that? How might you go forth living out something based on that experience of that text? So that's it. That's it. It's really simple. Just those four things. But those four things can be used on just any text and continually can help you take that scripture into a prayer life and into a conversation. And so after the sermon, we're going to sing a song, but then um, I'm going to guide us through a reading of this Psalm 1 um, and kind of invite us to think through the psalm and pray through the psalm together. But I want to conclude 
with saying again that this life of the righteous, the life of prayer, and grounding yourself in God, putting those roots down in that foundation, in that soil, um, it's not a mandatory update. And this chapter ends with saying that when the righteous, you know, while the righteous are like a tree planted by the water, the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The way of the wicked, the fickle advice, the self-interested instruction or advertising eventually leads to nothing. And the hope that Scripture offers is that this path leads to everything. And so two roads diverge. Which path will we choose? Would you pray with me? Lord, we're about to enter into some, some music and then back again into prayer. And Lord, I just ask that you would help us to be trees growing by your streams, by your living word. Lord, help us to have your instruction, your, your teaching on our hearts and on our lips throughout our days so that we live it out. And that we don't just think about you, but we think with you and we live accordingly. Lord, continue to be with us in this space. Continue to shape us. In your name, amen. A big thank you to Scott and Richard for filling in on the offertory music. That was very beautiful. And if you'll stand, if you're able, we're going to sing Come and Find the Quiet Center, 575. We've sung this before, and I think once uh, Richard starts playing it, you'll remember it too. So stand and sing. Let us. 
All right. Um, you can feel free to be seated. All I'm going to do up f- first, we're going to read through this psalm, um, and I'm just going to do verses 1 through 3. Um, I'm going to read through it one time and just pause for a while. And I just want you to be listening for whatever the word or phrase is shimmering for you. What stands out? What do you find yourself drawn to? That's all we're going to be looking for um, the first time. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to give it some time, and then I'll read it one more time. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither, and all that they do, they prosper. I'm going to read through it again. Uh, Again, just look for whatever that word or phrase is that you're going to hold on to. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither, and all that they do, they prosper. If you've got your, your word or phrase, um, just start thinking about what memories, what experiences, what past you have with that. Um, and so just spend a few minutes in prayer thinking about your memories around that word or phrase. about what emotions maybe that that word or phrase brings out in you. Maybe think about when have you had a positive relationship with that word or phrase and when it's been hard. When has it been a struggle? I'm going to read through the verses again, and then we can um, 
take any of those emotions, those experiences, thoughts, and start praying and talking to God about your experience of that. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither and all that they do, they prosper. about what your desire is from God based on that, uh, those experiences. Uh, where do you hope God is moving? Um, where are you just thankful that God has been moving in that? Now I'm going to read through the, the verses one more time. And then our time is just about reflecting what God might be uh, calling you to do, to live, to act, um, based on your prayer time. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. And all that they do, they prosper. about to close, but um, I hope that whatever God has on your heart, uh, wherever your, your spirit kind of lingered in the text, whatever that recalled for you, um, whatever you feel like you need to talk to God about with that, um, that all of those things are, are meaningful. Um, 
you might find comfort in sharing that with somebody that um, what was your what was your phrase what was your thing that you were lingering on what might God be calling you to do um, but I just would, would call us all um, to maybe just throughout this week spend a few at least a few days where you try this out of read through your uh, scripture that means something to you just attentive to what God might be might be saying in that text for you um, I'm going to read this text one last time and then I'm going to say my benediction. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither and all that they do they prosper. So friends, we are planted by the streams of God's wisdom. We meditate on the desires of God, taking delight in his instruction. Sink your, root, your roots deep into the soil and draw on God's wisdom, for God will nourish us every day with insight. Go forth knowing that God watches over you. Amen.